This is Fluency at Your Fingertips by Seb Answers, a podcast for English language learners and teachers. Education opens doors. In high school, I had my sights set on going to a great university, which I took for granted would lead to a lucrative job. However, a couple years into college, my values no longer were in line with my initial career goals. I thought about dropping out. However, I didn't quit. I worked to finish faster. In the United States, where the bachelor's degree is a four-year program, I finished in three and a half years. Part of the problem I had encountered with my major in economics was that the real-world applications of economic theory in federal banks, for instance, deviate largely from what is taught. The second issue was the work schedule to which employees in big financial firms were subjected. My classmates who got jobs in finance ended up working 60 to 80 hour weeks. If that wasn't the door that opened to me, where did I go? I left the country and went off on an adventure, teaching and traveling. After my last essay on civic engagement, a colleague in Vietnam reminded me of the issue of brain drain. When students leave their home country for work or study and never return, I wondered to myself if I fit this description as I had lived and worked abroad for eight of the past 10 years. There are several big differences between me going to another country and someone moving to the United States primarily the push factor. It was cheaper for me to move overseas than to afford to relocate to a major city within the United States. For me, living abroad was largely an economic decision that depended on favorable balance between cost of living, standard of living, and income. Secondarily, labor market pull factors my U.S. passport opened the door to most of the opportunities for me, a native English-speaking teacher from an inner circle country. Within the United States, hiring is slower, and now, in the pandemic, even more competitive. Demand is greater for teachers of younger students than for teachers of older students, and hiring in sciences is greater than in humanities. In addition, Candidates are not selected on merit alone, which is good as meritocracy reinforces the status quo. To that point, applications include voluntary demographic surveys on race, gender, disability, and veteran status. These surveys do not affect the application. In fact, human resources personnel are prohibited from asking about these details and others, like age or religion. Nevertheless, Many of these and other qualities of a candidate are inevitably conveyed in face-to-face -face interviews, and there is positive discrimination in hiring in order to foster diversity in the workplace. Sadly, the hiring of teachers outside the United States involves evaluation of these characteristics. Besides my passport and university diploma, employers overseas were interested in age, skin color, and often the look of teaching staff at schools in Asia is part of their marketing. The doors were open to me. I am white, Latino, and I was young. Back in the United States, employers have their own application portals that may or may not allow submission of resumes. This precludes putting a 
portrait on the document, which I found out in Asia was very common among European applicants. I was even told by a British academic manager and interviewer in Vietnam that I should have put married and father on my resume because that, more than my master's degree, put me ahead of other candidates for the position. Returning home to the U.S. after five years abroad, I have been surprised by questions from employers in the United States about why I had the desire to work as a teacher in a program that serves a specific segment of the population, or conversely, an intentionally diverse body of students. Lofty vague answers end these interviews. Moving past lip service, only high impact, real world results driven aims to lift up underrepresented demographics strike a chord with schools in urban centers. But is it working? Why hasn't targeting social inequality made the United States a just society? Would targeting economic inequality better unite the population? How can this be achieved in a country that has been shuttering industry for 20 years, where there is high access to advanced education? but low access to quality education, where the world's most expensive healthcare does not deliver high quality healthcare. How can society be made more equal when the real economy is shrinking? We need to see the world as it is, the unresolved problems of past generations with regards to social inequality are resurfacing viciously. The environmental problems arising from global warming are foreboding. What leadership do we provide our children? Race and environment are not political issues. However, equality, equal access to healthcare and education, and the environment are issues which governments have the power and responsibility to protect. 